top of the interview. Today I have Thor Platter. Thor Platter is playing virtual show CLE, 8 p.m. Friday. Um, yeah, man, Thor's the real deal. We had a really good conversation, and I have i don't think I've really talked to anyone who's been so direct in what they're doing and how they're doing it and has been um, so diligent with how thought out their approach is to doing what they do. Um, if you hear anything you like, please like, subscribe, comment, rate, review um, the podcasts on the podcast mediums such as Apple and Spotify, which we are now on for all my Apple listeners. We are on Spotify. We've been on Spotify for a minute. But if you can rate and review, it really helps us put our podcast where it needs to be so people can be heard and we can get these artists who are talking to amplify their voice even more. Um, all right, Thor Platter, appreciate y'all. All right. Okay. We're at the Zig at the Get podcast. I'm hanging out with Thor Platter. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, pretty good. How about you, dude? Not bad. How's quarantine been? Uh, it's been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just keep, you know, just keeping a routine. I think I was more, um, I had a lot of similar stuff talking to my friends, but I think more going into it was, uh, was worse, you know, yeah. which is always our anxieties thinking about, um, uh, you know, the what if, but it's been, uh, it's been pretty, pretty solid and just, uh, kind of, you know, keeping a routine together has been very helpful. That's awesome. That's kind of, I kind of fell into the same approach as well. Like as soon as everything like started i was like all right i need to learn this i need to do it you know and just made yes. a whole practice routine and like up until today today i was like oh i'm tired <laughs> like i'm yeah. <laughs> i gotta i gotta it's break been some some days um you know i wanted to read about five books the first week and i didn't yeah. even open the page you know and a I lot know. of my friends that are that are creating and writing uh they found the same thing in that first week like i was like all right well here I am. I can just write and yeah. you just can't, you know, it's, it's tough to find that motivation, but yeah, I think a regular routine. And then, you know, some days I, I sleep in and some days, some nights I, I have more alcohol than I wanted to, but it's all okay. You know, <laughs> nice. um, and I'm, I've, I was talking with my buddy this morning and, and, uh, I find myself, I'm still not drinking at home yeah. alone. That's good. So like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, Anytime I'm drinking, I'm either I'm either watching a stream. Um, I've been watching a lot of Questlove uh, live. Oh on, yeah, nice. Uh, He's YouTube. got some cool streams. Yeah, he just some great music. And so then I feel like, well, that's social, and I'm and I'm drinking socially, so that's still okay. Or if I Facetime with somebody, you know, uh, <laughs> that's you know it keeps you sane. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. The streaming. There's things... definitely no whiskey in this tea I have right here. <laughs> it's a little too early. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've been sleeping in like crazy too. Like, uh, I mean, I, I catch up on it. Yeah, yeah. This probably won't knock on what happened again to catch up on this much sleep. But yeah, the live right. streams are. It's weird how like, so, like socially it makes you feel like how actually socially you make like it makes you feel like you're actually doing something social, even though you're yeah. in the same spot you probably were. But now there's a reaction from people on the screen, like uh, yeah. I've done a few uh, a few uh, Zoom mic nights, one of which was last night with Meg Stefka. Oh yeah, love Meg. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's awesome, and like she does uh, her manic Mondays on uh, Zoom, and like uh, I tuned into it for the first time this week or yesterday, and I was like, "This is crazy!" Like it, <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's weird how like just the mental perception of the other people reacting makes that social norm. Where it's like you can feel like drinking, or you can feel like whatever you would do in with them it, there. It is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, um, yeah. I mean, some of the streams that I've done on my Facebook page, I, I did one, one of them, and then after that, I was like, well, I guess I, I probably won't do too many of those. And then yeah. I got so many um, messages and emails and texts from my friends and people just saying like it was normal. It was like they put it up on on Facebook on on like an app on TV. Yeah, yeah. And then them and their and their spouse and their dog are sitting there like watching an hour and having a glass of wine or whatever. And I was like, oh well, I guess I'm, I guess that's, I'm stuck now. I'm gonna have to, you know. It's cool. Uh, so it's being helpful, and it's you know I think that's everybody needs that. And I would never, if I was just sitting at home playing, because now so I'm playing to virtually to people, I guess. But yeah. I'm playing to a, a little camera on my iPad. But if I was sitting at home playing, I wouldn't be drinking whiskey, you know, yeah. on Resolitz. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a good time too, and it and it's you know I'm definitely uh, my chops are are keeping up, you know. Nice, 
It's definitely a one thing to keep a keep everything well oiled and ready to roll when everything goes back to normal. Yeah, and I feel like everybody needs that. Uh, I, I'm I'm really fortunate to have music in my life for that, and it's always gotten me through, you know, good and bad times. Um, and I I feel like everybody hopefully has something that isn't um, that they can't approach right now. You know, and I when I yeah. take walks around the neighborhood, the first couple of weeks when I was walking around my neighborhood in Cleveland, um, there's there's a lot of guys that are like building like they have woodworking shops in their in yeah. their garages, and I was kind of jealous because I was like I'm I'm stuck inside and I'm but then I thought about it and I was like well those guys are probably like that's just their music like yeah. I'm I'm sitting yeah, I'm playing chords and writing songs or doing whatever and they're they're building stuff they probably feel the same way so I'm I'm very grateful for that and I've always been grateful for music in my life you know definitely I think it's it's, it's to have something to focus on that's not um everything not the not knowing of everything or the confusion or the fear of everything not returning or where it's going to be having that one thing you know you can do if it's build a shed or if it's build a tune it mm-hmm. keep, mentally keeps that uh that that that, that hope that rose tinted view and uh, hopefully keeps the mind sharp like yeah absolutely but i do relate <laughs> like man they're building a shed like uh, I got a song about building a shed now. <laughs> right. Like, I wish I had a woodworking shop that I could do, you know. I mean, I could do some of that stuff if I had the shop, but I, you know, or, or like guys are rebuilding cars and I have motorcycles yeah. and um, I have an old car still up in Buffalo that I've been meaning to bring down. But I, I don't, I'm not going to have enough time as we work in this routine and all that. I'm not a real big, like, big project person. I, I kind of, you know, just plug along and, and, um, do a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel it. I mean, musically, you're a big project person. You got some stuff in the works I was looking up. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I guess um, I guess that's all a, that's all a big project. And it, and yeah. It, but it's nice because it comes in the form of songs that, you know, that you can just push along and complete. And oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, like, segmented I, things. Like Yeah, right. So then you don't, you don't, you know, it's like the process is making it, which is yeah. something that for the past few years I've tried to push myself about not being like, Oh, don't worry about it. The, the completion, just making it. And for me, I don't know if, I mean, this might be the last record record that I released and it might just be, um, more Spotify and all that. But in, in this time now, like I'm not, I'm just going to start releasing songs on Spotify this year yeah. and, and putting them out there. And, and that's the process. And that, and that, so that works really well for me because, you know, I've, I've had a couple songs now in the past couple months that I've written, and even though I feel like I should be more productive and more inspired right now in these weeks, I'm not. But I, yeah. uh, but I wrote something that wasn't really related to um, to this whole thing. It was. It's more of a of a a love and a growing and maybe a little heartbreak song, which is where I'm usually at. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I you know I think it's there, and I I I need to, I need to be uh, patient with myself at the rate that I'm inspired. You know. And not force it. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other hand, I, I just try and write every day, whether it's uh, thoughts or anything, even if it's crap, you know, just, yeah. just write. And it's nice that I have an iPad and, a, and I can just sit there and type and think of whatever thoughts. And I've been journaling every day to just just documenting what I've done. And um, Is that part you know, of your uh, part of your routine? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I tried to I thought I thought it would just be interesting to look back because I started journaling a, a little bit late into this. Um, and so I summarized the first page. I just kind of summarized the, you know, the first few weeks. Yeah. Um, but I thought it'd be good to look back, you know, years from now and, and, and just be like, well, what, you know, what was keeping me going? Like what was, you know, cause it's, cause it's been going well. I mean, everything's yeah. been really good. And, um, but you know, just writing down like how many eggs I had for breakfast the one day, <laughs> you know, like just the most like Henry that. Rollins approach. I had sure. six eggs and then yeah. I went like, <laughs> but there's definitely a thing to keeping that routine of just writing and being comfortable yeah. with having a thought, putting it down and then maybe going back to it. There was that one sentence that stuck out of that thing, which inspires a song. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, it's where I miss my friends a lot too, because I looked back on in my notes some songs that I've written that are beyond the next record and a lot of lines in there are stolen from my friends. Like <laughs> they'll say something we'll yeah. be at a bar or we'll be at an event and they'll just say something, you know, funny or whatever. And I'll, I'll just write it right in my phone notes. And then all of a sudden, yeah, six months later, 
and they don't recognize it. You yeah. know, I had to tell my, my one friend, I, I had to tell her that she said that line, you know, verbatim <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, her and her husband are really good friends of mine. And, and, and she was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, yeah, I guess I was seeing that all that. It was just a saying, but it was, what you know, was it? Was what was it? Uh, she was saying, I guess she said that I said it first, but it was, um, it's when you refer to things, if you're, if you're explaining something and you, and, and a person says, you know, it's like anything else. Uh, and then they okay. don't, wow. they don't finish yeah, it yeah. with something. They just say it's like anything. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like everything. I don't know what you're saying, but what I was trying to do is say it's like anything else in music or in, you know what I mean? Like I was, yeah, I yeah. was putting, but she wasn't letting me finish that, that line. So, uh, in the, in the song, the line I, I made was it's like anything else in love, you know? So it kind of, gotcha. uh, it made sense, wow, that's a but good we were making yeah, yeah. fun of it. Cause it yeah, somebody would say that line and then not explain what they were talking about. You know, that's one thing um, that's been kind of crossing my mind because I've been as part of my routine. I try to fit in an hour of not writing. It could be anything. It could be nothing. And um, part of that was inspired by talking to Emily Keener. But like, yeah. um, was taking a, a or no part of what's been run through my mind is that the input output. Like, it's hard to put out if you can't take in. You know what I mean? And just like that, yeah. having a conversation with a friend, they say that uh, I, I, I occasionally get that Dewey Cox moment. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Walk absolutely. hard. Or <laughs> shit's going down, and he's like, walk hard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> totally. That, yeah. that hit home for, <laughs> for me, and it sounds like it might hit home with you. It's absolutely. That's, you know, that, that's the greatest thing about getting inspired for songs uh, when, I, when it comes to <clears throat> in um in Neil Young's book, in his first book, he put uh, about uh, never um, like when the muse comes, you just have to go. And, and he, you know, he did it to an extreme, which people yeah. like Neil Young in in the seventies could afford to do that. Where if he felt inspired and he was supposed to go and do something, he would just not do that, and he would go to his you know his shed or his his the room yeah. that he wrote in, or whatever, and he would just go do it. Now, sometimes people you can't do that. You have to go to work. You have, you have yeah. relationships. You have whatever. But you know, um, I mean, if Neil Young been, did that today, sorry to cut you off. He would. De- that there'd be if any artist of any of level of Neil Young, right, would do that today, yeah. it would blow up on the internet. They'd be like, sure, <laughs> you know, it'd be yeah, a different right, reaction. Right. Yeah, but, I've been. I've been really. You know, it's been really nice that in my life, my relationships and my friendships and everything have have allowed me to do that. Where I've, you know. I've been able to to be late to things. I've been able yeah. to, you know, and, and a lot of times when when you're playing, like you get inspired too, when you're performing for me live um, and, and coming back from playing out of town, like I've been, everybody that I've played with, it's there's been some times where I've written in the back of the van and, and they might not know I'm doing it, but sometimes I'll just say that I'm tired and, hey, you know, Paul Kovac, can you drive back or whatever? And, and we'll yeah. be talking too, but I'm in my phone notes because there's something that, that, that sparked it. So I can totally see these people that are on tour buses and, you know, they take that time to, to write and not just to play video games or, or worry about the next uh, show, which is probably what I would be doing. I don't, I don't yeah. know if I was on a tour bus on a, on a six week uh, tour, I don't think I'd be writing, but yeah, definitely. I, I hope I would. I think that the first two weeks would be like, this is sick. Look at this. Yeah. Bus. Yeah. I need more Cheetos. Come on. <laughs> We're out of Pop-Tarts. Um, right. There's a guy driving us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have to worry about the seven-hour haul. <laughs> right. Because um, was I, I definitely think it, at one point you'd probably hit that, we got to keep this going. I got to start getting ready for the next tour. Absolutely. Yeah, you start want, once hacking. You're, <laughs> once you're there, you got You want to stay there. You want to – I don't know. I've thrown some of that shit away too. Like I, I'm – success is so – uh, funny to talk about with, with some of my peers and some of my friends and um, you know a lot of my friends in Nashville that that are on paper much more successful than I am uh, I, I had a, a, like I won't mention any names but there's there's a couple people that they, they've been you know they're on record labels like um, like none such or whatever and when we kind of compared notes and talk about performances and money and all that like they're not, they're not making the money that some of us are making in cities like Cleveland as musicians yeah. and performers. They're, they're getting a little bit more exposure and they're playing bigger rooms. Um, but I don't know where, you know, when I look back, I don't know that that is necessarily more successful. 
You, yeah. If you're selling out, if you're selling out the beach and ballroom every time you come to Cleveland, like, yes, I could say that. But if these, some of these people that come through and, and they're playing the Beachland Tavern or they're playing uh, smaller venues and, and they're, they're playing 30 dates and then it all goes away and they don't, they haven't built up what people like um, me and Brent Kirby and, and uh, Ray Flanagan and people that have, that have built this little scene, even though it's just in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty successful. And I don't, I don't feel that I'm successful but when I look at somebody like Ray Who's, who doesn't sacrifice, you know, his his art for anything, uh, maybe to a fault where he's yeah. he's very, you know, on his. I was like Ray. I'm like you probably don't want to post this stuff about, you know, whatever on yeah. Easter or whatever. You know, you're going to probably alienate some of your fans and even, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Well, that's that's great. That's why people are are digging him. You know? Yeah, I definitely. Love the stuff he writes, but he's he's such a thoughtful uh, Ray Flanagan. Such a thoughtful in. in methodical songwriter you know like everything's in its place for a reason and um his some of his anger doesn't really come through in the songs it's 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 he somehow puts a filter on it you know where yeah. in person he's he's just off it's great yeah was yeah. it yeah i had a, a talk with ray a couple of weeks ago and you're right he's got a lot of insight and a lot of things that really uh, smart dude yeah, way yeah. to describe certain certain things that maybe you wouldn't put those words to but yeah he's a cool yeah. dude and he's got some cool points and he posts some mad shit yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah success awesome. is always really strange for me to think about and that's why it's kind of it's kind of great now the way i mean that's one good thing of everything turning from albums into into spotify and into you know little quick videos or whatever yeah. is, is that you can create those things. Like on my Instagram story, I'm trying to do more originals, but I, I, I don't want to do the originals that I haven't recorded or released yet. Yeah. Um, for no other reason than I know that in the studio, we're going to change them, the arrangements a little bit. And so I kind of want to be true to that, but just posting some covers on Instagram, the Instagram TV, you know, it's like I, I prepare for it. I, I usually try and play it like once or twice. If it's a song that I haven't, already played before like i might play a few more times and then i try and get a quick take and i don't edit it and and just post it and it's yeah. like well th then it's there and people can see it and it's a it's an intimate uh thing for 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 everyone to to be a part of you know definitely um and then i'm on to the next thing so it's like yeah that's great you, you can create that and so when i started posting those uh last year sometimes live people would request and I was like, oh shit, I, I didn't, like, I only played that song once. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, I listen to it every day. I was like, <laughs> whoa. I haven't played it in a year. I don't know what to, you know, so. Let me try. Uh, I got to remember that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's cool. I think, um, one thing, I think to kind of pull back, how you define success really matters on what it means to you. If it means yeah. to being able, um, like, for me, it was always to be able to say, what do you do for a living music? It doesn't define the type of living, but it is what I do, right? And so any any weird gig opportunity or anything, I've always been like, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And um, I don't know. Like, it's it's different for everybody. It might be different for someone in Nashville who's playing, like you're saying, like, I don't know, like the Bluebird Cafe and, like, can, sure. can like, play to a big crowd every night but maybe not be able to live comfortably. And um or maybe someone who rolls through town and rolls to the next, you know, they're hitting every town and they're playing. That's, that's hard enough to do. You know what I mean? The book a gig and like a, at least a tour is worth of gigs and yes. have it happen. You know what I mean? Let, but before you get called back, having the gig happen once is, it's a thing. It really, it makes yeah. it breaks your, uh, I don't know, your ego to keep doing it and keep branching out or at least the email chains. Um, but, uh, and like, so for you, is it more of a success in being able to sustain yourself with music or is it, uh, I don't know, what is it? Or is it still being defined? I would say <clears throat> I, one thing that you said, like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts during this time. Too, yeah. And, and some, I forgot which one. Um, I, the Working Songwriter is great. Joe Pug. Yeah. I just listened yeah. to his episode with Ian McKay. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was, I don't think it was on that one. But a couple of, but I, I heard a thing where it said like, when somebody says like, "What do you do for a living?" They're, that's their, they're trying to give you the perception of what they want to be or whatever it is. Yeah. So like, he would always ask people, "What are you working on?" Like it didn't yeah. matter what the person yeah, did, yeah. you know. So especially if they're a musician or they're a gig-based person or they're bartending or whatever, because sometimes if you're a musician and you're and you're a bartender, you you could 
you know, you could be passionate about both of those things as they're, as they're going, you know. Um, I think that my goals, my goals change, but I, I, I think that my measure of success is uh, pretty validated right now with, with like the streams and the messages that I've gotten um, just to feel good about what, what I've done. And, and um, I would say a few years ago, I probably, five years ago, I probably would have said like, oh yeah, to be able to make a living, to be able to, um, you know, buy a house, like to do, do yeah. whatever that I want to do. And then um, there's been a few times that I, I one thing in, in particular that I, it just hit me out of nowhere. I was playing, I was playing a gig. This couple had come to see me um, for a while, for like a year or two. And um, they had come, you know, maybe a couple times, I don't know, maybe 20%, 30% of the gigs and they were, they were there. And then they, then I didn't see them. And I didn't realize I didn't see them because you see people come and go and whatever yeah. until about a year later. And this couple comes in and I, and I can see the guys a little frail and they listen to the set. And then um, I take a break and, and she comes up and she's got already got tears in her eyes. And I'm, I was, I, I don't know. I was having an average day. I wasn't yeah. up or down or anything. And I just play and take a set break and I grab a beer and, and uh, she comes up and says uh, this story about, how her husband, you know, was fighting a, an illness and he was in the, he was in intensive care. And, um, every night they would listen to my record. It was part of their routine. Cool. So they knew every one of those songs from, from my, uh, record take time. The last thing I put out, yeah. they knew every one of those songs in and out. And every single one of them had this wonderful meaning to them and got, like he told me it got him through the entire thing. So Fuck. in my, Whoa. in my head, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that didn't get you through. Like, you're just, yeah. okay, because I'm just, no, there's no way, you know? And then I didn't, I didn't think that it would impact me as much. Like, it doesn't make me right for that, but I've had those moments with music too. So um, if that one person, that that couple, that, that made it for me, you know? And now it's like, since then I've recognized a bunch of things or people have sent me messages or I've, in person, they've said like certain songs, what they take from them and they really like, that or whatever. And that, so that's the best payment ever. And I never, yeah. five years ago would have never thought that I never would have thought the way that like somebody like John Prine or Towns Van Zandt, those songs stick in my heart. I never would have thought that that would be the best uh, payoff ever, you, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, man. That's a beautiful, not from a, and not from a greedy ego place. Like I don't care. I don't want anyone to ever say like, Oh, he was a great songwriter. He was, yeah. I, that's not what I was going for. But the fact that I, I am successfully able to use music to touch people the way that I was touched with music when I was in my teens and still continue to be boom. There, there it is. Beautiful. You know, I don't beautiful, so, my friend. Well said, well yeah. said. Yeah. That, that's oh, wow. I got to <laughs> take that in for a second. That's a Well, that's beautiful that they came in that, that music meant so much and it's amazing what music means. And like, as a musician, like you're saying, you grow up with that feeling that there's whatever it is changed your world and made you want to figure out this thing with metal and wood and how to make sounds with it. And absolutely. Uh, and the, I can't, wow. Seeing that it can, you can do the same. That that's a beautiful measure of success. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> you're, you're doing my friend. Wow. Was it, what brought you to, uh, cause I, we've kind of run cert cause I'm from Cleveland. I play in a band called C level letter C dash. And I've seen your, uh, I've seen just through the interwebs, Thor, Thor, you keep running, like I keep running into you and like, I'm like, this guy plays banjo. No, this guy plays guitar. He does it all. And then like, but you're not from Cleveland. You're from, you're from Buffalo, right? I'm from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And then, uh, I think you moved to Cleveland, like maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's I, like 11, 11 years. I, maybe I can't okay. count. Two, 2000, <laughs> 2008. 2008. Okay. Yeah. And like. I don't know. So I've run into you a lot, but I've like, um, I don't think we ever got a chance to meet in person. So this has been really right. cool. Like yeah. do these conversations. Absolutely. So and like hear these stories and like, but what, okay. Kind of taking it back. What brought you to Cleveland from New York? Uh, I had a job. I had a job that I was moving around with and, um, I thought that I, I would be able to move, uh, here and then they had they had some sites that I could have worked at down uh, in Kentucky and in my plan was to work in Kentucky, live in um, uh, uh, 
Clarksville, Clarksdale. I don't know whatever that is. Oh, Mississippi. And then, and then uh, no, that's so Clarksville. What's the song? What's the monkey song? That's in Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> Take the last train to Clarksville. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that I was. My plan was oh, to live there. Uh, live there, work in Kentucky. That would be about an hour away or half yeah. hour away, and then uh, drive a half an hour into Nashville every single night and just be, you know. And then I that would be my dream of living in Nashville. After I was here for a, a few years, I fell in love with everything about uh, Cleveland and about Northeast Ohio. And then I didn't really have the music opportunities in Buffalo. I had some friends that played, but it, but Buffalo was not a town. That's that you could legitimately be a songwriter or or play. There was not. There was like two open mics. There, hmm. uh, it, it was just not happening. And when I go back, like it's it's grown, but it's not. I, I came to Cleveland. I think at a perfect time where um, the beer scene was growing. The the you know it, it kind of all came to that head with the with the NBA championship. But you know this this whole yeah. city was just growing like crazy, and I fell in love with it. And I you know people would make fun of me when we first moved the first couple of years that I was here, like people from Buffalo would make, they were like, why, why would you move to Cleveland? What's going on? <laughs> and then within five years, they were like, they were visiting me every other weekend and where, nice. you know, they knew how great it was. Um, so I just decided, you know, as those opportunities were, were coming up, I was like, ah, no, I'm going to stay here. And then meeting, um, meeting Paul Kovac and uh, about uh, six, uh, six years ago or so. And then him and I played a lot and toured a lot. And, and I just, kind of built these circles up of uh, places that I could go and play and, and make a living at it. Um, and, you know, and just give a good product. And I always, every time I would find somebody that like Paul, that was available and Paul Kovacs, one of the greatest musicians that I've ever met and, and his so much history and knowledge that, that he gives me when, even though he doesn't think he is, but you know, and, and then getting a really good bass player and creating a trio or whether it's a band or whatever. And, and I think that, Everybody that I play with, I'm always the, the worst player in the in the group. But I think I, every every culmination of, of a band that I've put together has been like a Nashville level band, and then it's just me in front, you know, like I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> but you know, so I think there's some, I, I took a lot from Nashville, and I spent a lot of time down there, and, and uh, you know, meeting a lot of people and seeing how they ran groups on the road and how they yeah. managed their music business. So that helped a lot too, and um, you know, it's been pretty nice, and still like. You know, even going through this whole thing right now, this this pandemic in Cleveland, it's where else would you want to be? Like these, everyone's so great here, you know. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to put a pin in that, but like going back, so how did you meet Paul? What that brought that about? Um, uh, one, he was playing with one of one of my buddies in Lakewood, and I had just um, I I grew up listening to some bluegrass where my dad was into, but I didn't really play it. And I um, when I moved to Cleveland, I started playing it a little bit more, and then. I got myself to a point where I thought I was halfway decent and uh, Paul was playing in Lakewood at a bar and I just showed up with my guitar. I knew that I knew the guy that was playing yeah. with him. and I showed my guitar and, and I learned like three, four songs that I knew he would know. <laughs> nice. And uh, I'd seen him play with Hillbilly Idol, but I'd yeah. never seen him in a, in a bluegrass thing and have him play banjo. And I just played and I just played as hard as I could. And, and at the end of it, he was like, who the fuck are you? Like, what? <laughs> You know, and then I was like, hey, do you want to, I got these gigs. You want to play these gigs? Like, and he was like, yeah. And then after about a year, he was like, you're paying me money. Like, what am I, I'm in, you know, but then we became friends too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, I, I was always able to kind of hustle my way into gigs in whether it was festivals, like local, you know, beer, yeah. beer, week things or whatever. And, and then pretty, uh, put a good product out and, and bluegrass helped, even though we were, I'm not, I don't really ever play bluegrass, but as far as people that aren't into music, it's, you got a banjo and a upright and a guitar. It's bluegrass to that. Yeah. Even though it's, it's not, I mean, you know, like definitions are not something that anybody in music should really just play music. You know? Yeah. Um, but it worked as a, as a talking point or a selling point for some of those things. Like, Oh, we have a bluegrass group. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Pay me. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. It's weird. It's weird how that instrumentation, just like the, the show, the image of that puts yeah. that, and like you, you like used old mic and stuff too in some of your videos. So like I can see how someone would be like, okay, that's a bluegrass band. But like, right, right. Like it's we, it's it, but you can see like that same 
maybe add a, a mandolin, maybe take away a mandolin, and you could put like Chris Seeley in it, and you could put the Punch Brothers, and you're like, well, is that bluegrass? You know what I mean? Like the yeah. instrumentation doesn't necessarily define, the, or the image def- doesn't necessarily define the type of music, even though in a like in a weird, which this kind of I think ties back to another question I want to ask in a weird like way it's almost how you can categorize and package a thing. You know what I mean? Even though yes, you're not absolutely. bluegrass, but a big part of being able to hustle your way into things, which every musician or every um, creative or any business endeavor, anyone who really wants to put their vision forth has to find a way to do. And like in a way that's hopefully humane and you know what I mean? Not like yeah. rude, but like there is a thing to, boiling down a thing to some key points what people see and what people think they're going to hear and how that is pushed out which is that kind of going back um you said this last record or this next record is going to maybe be your last and i i'm guessing you mean like physical right yeah yeah yeah, yeah i right. think um you know I, I love vinyl and i would i'll put the next one out on vinyl and do the full thing but yeah. um I, I think that I think I'd be much more likely to do, you know, yeah, just release everything and at the end of it, throw it together and maybe put an album just so some people could have it. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in the form of, of working th- this time when I was in the studio with David Mayfield and we tracked 11, 12 tr- tunes, they all kind of fit together and they, and they make sense of the past couple of years of my life. So um, that's good. But then some of the stuff that I've written since then, um, that I'll release as a single, like separately are, are not really related, you know? So like, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a release. And, and, yeah. I, and I'm looking forward to that, you know, having, having artwork and having a little bit of a promotion for each of those. And, and it would be different in, in both what the song's about and maybe have a little story behind the song and, and do some sort of digital release party. Now, cause I'm thinking this, this next one, this song, um, that I want to put out, I'd, I'd like to put it out in the next few weeks. So be cool to have like a, yeah. a, a a release party of some sort where people maybe could ask questions and oh that'd uh, be sweet a quarantine q and a like yeah, yeah yeah that's really cool I, I know zoom zoom's what everybody's using now but i just i wish like there was a way that facebook w- would let you have a, a guest because that would be great like a facebook live i guess they did it a little bit last year but the way that instagram is where you can you know you can add somebody on there if they did it on facebook where you could just choose one person to join and, and, you know, like if you wanted to ask a couple questions during the, the Facebook live stream, like that would just be great. So I hope that they, something like that pops up. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Facebook's kind of limited in that source, but, and so is zoom, yeah. like zoom, zoom sound wise. You can't really get a good, like you can, but it compresses a lot. It's a weird, yes. but anyway, yeah. like everyone's kind of learning this digital platform and there's probably hopefully someone there making a way to make this the maximum it can be and they're oh, gonna release so, it. Yeah. And it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the 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 musician stream app and everyone's gonna like go crazy for it, which would be sure. Sick. But I think that's important to like kind of navigate through the changes and like it's weird how like um how almost pre not saying what you're doing is like a prepackaged thing, but like how like Spotify and like digital music and digital sharing of music redefined how how we, yeah. it's 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 taken in how it's heard how it's distributed how it's successfully put out there and like yes so that's a, one to be a, be in the in the seas of change is a good spot for sure and I guess <laughs> yeah. there be a now is the time to do it but um. Wow, man. So, okay, so you made this, you made the move here, and David Mayfield, he's an Akron cat, right? You've been doing, yes. a, I feel a lot with he was him, in, right? um He was in Nashville for 10 years, and then he moved back, and I met him through Paul Kovac. Okay. Um, and then he, you know, I asked him to, if he wanted to make a record, and I, I did that, when I released Take Time, um, I, I had tracked an entire record, and I just wasn't happy with the way that it sounded because the, the, the guy that I used, who's a, a friend of mine, like he, and he's great at what he does. It's just, sometimes you bring a set of songs and I needed a little bit of a nudge and some directions and, and he, he wasn't providing that. And it wasn't a fault of his. It was just yeah. that I didn't, maybe couldn't hear it, you know? Um, so I had all this stuff tracked full band, everything. And I brought it to David and I asked him originally, like, can you mix this? Um, can we redo the vocals? 
and can you produce it or mix it or whatever? And he was like, I really can't produce it because you already did it. Yeah. And uh, so we went in and in the first session, it was uh, Paul Lewis and Paul Kovac and I, and we just, we recorded a song that wasn't tracked in that other thing. And then I, I said, okay, well, let's do these three this way as a trio. Oh, okay. And then the rest of it will be the band. And then you yeah. mix this, whatever. And by the time we got to the second song, he just turned around and was like, do you want to just do everything like that? Do you want to just redo everything? And I was like, yeah, oh, I already spent thousands of dollars on the other stuff. Sure, let's do that. And it ended up being great. I mean, I love that record. And uh, and then, you know, the, that other one I just I just threw out. I mean, I paid people to be on it. I paid the, the engineer, yeah. everything. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Um, so then David's always been, you know, really good to me and, and a really good friend anyway. And uh, now this next record, he's... Um, you know, there's a couple of songs that he's nudged enough that there's a co-writing on it, uh, which is great because he's, he's given me some great lines and, and reworked some ideas that I had. And, um, so I'm looking forward to that. And he's, he's, he's definitely set into a nice space down there in, in Canton, um, uh, Tiger Spa gotcha. and, and, uh, Sweet Side Recording is what it is, but Tiger Spa is his, his record label kind of thing. So, uh. Yeah, it's been it's been great to to know him, and then also all the people that he knows in Nashville. So we've been able to kind of get some people to play on it, oh, and now cool. is a great time because nobody's yeah. making any money, and they'll they'll <laughs> do it for you know a regular wage. So. Yeah. Um, Who have you got? So yeah, I'm excited, Can you say? excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who have What's you got? that? <laughs> Oh no, no, it's good. Uh, I said, "Who no, have you got on it so far?" Can you say? I can't say. I okay, can't say yet. So okay. I, he, oh, that's he, cool though. He he was like, "What's what's the big? You know, who do you really want to get?" And I gave him a really high artist. Yeah. And uh, and then he told me that he had recorded that person nice um, for wow. for something, and, yeah. and he had the contact. And I was like, "Oh, oh shit, here we go." You know? <laughs> so all he can, you know, all he can say is no. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But yeah, so there's, there's, you know, it should be pretty good. But I'm, I'm not filling it with just a bunch of names. It was just something I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool to have that person. Definitely, definitely. Especially if it's someone that's inspired you along the way to get them to be, even to get yeah. the responsive no, it's a little yeah. exciting. You're like, oh, subject line. Oh, yeah. Like, they listen to it at least or whatever you think they did. <laughs> I broke the um, wall, made yeah. it through. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Was it, It's weird, like, how important. I don't want to say it's weird. I guess it's crucial how important the producer is to the record. Like it's it's a vague term. I think people don't understand as much because I work really well with that. With you know, and and, and I didn't before with other people that that would produce. Yeah. And it, and again, it's not yeah. like those other people didn't know what they were doing. It's just sometimes, you know, and Dave. There's times. There's been times that David has has ended projects because the, you know, the, per, the he thinks the person's being unreasonable yeah. and it might be that. And it might just be that they don't gel together, you know, and True. David and I play music together. We sing together. We, we talk, we've gone, we went out, we went to Nashville together. Like we've, we've done that. So it's like when he says something like, Oh, I don't really like this song. Let's not even do it. I don't get offended by it. You know? And, yeah. Um, I wrote something that I sent him that we, that I tracked here and I, and it'll be the next uh, song in that i'm gonna release on spotify and i sent it to him and then he mixed it we got some dobro on it we got everything that i wanted just really it's stripped down and and then he was like yeah i said well man it sounds great like what do you think and and he texted me back and said i think it's one of the greatest songs you've ever written and i was like what no no what like what you know but he's he's not he's not bullshitting me like he's you know he's he's being sincere and and uh so i work really well with him and it's also opened up that when i work with other people it's it's allowed me to be a little bit more uh, open, you know, and, and take, take that criticism and take things and, and know that, you know, for the most part, everybody has my best interest in, in their mind when they're, when they're trying to do that other musicians with me or bandmates or whatever. Definitely. Well, you put yourself in that kind of vulnerable spot by sharing, Absolutely. here's this thing I spent hours crafting that means something to me. And now I'm trying to make it a official thing. And like, um, you don't like it or, you know what I mean? Even like when yeah. someone's like, yeah, that one line, it's, it kind of, it, there's a mental spot you got to shift in being like, okay, uh, physically or musically, it's got to be chopped up to fit in that phrase. And like, there's a, there's things you don't think about cause you're thinking of the expression and someone's looking at it as an overall expression and like finding yeah. that, that magic team supreme to make it works important. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's exciting, man. So you said that's yeah. coming out in a week, maybe? Uh, and then I, I, in the next few weeks, I'll, next I'll probably weeks. I'll probably post about it and, and set it for like a month from then or something. But um, I think, yeah, definitely having like a release party the day of it on Facebook Live would be great. You know? Yeah, that would and be as awesome. we're going along here, I mean, I've got the opportunity to to be at some places outside, and I think that if we However, this next month or two develops, you know, there, there may be an opportunity to do an outdoor show that people could distantly come to, you know, yeah. and, um, and that would be nice, too. And, and you know, I wouldn't it, I wouldn't charge for it. Or I just would make it be maybe an email and get a ticket if only 10 people can show up or something. But um, and then stream it as well, you know. But yeah. so, yeah, we're, those opportunities, we're going to have to just figure out how that's all going to play out over the next little while you know. And then just like what you're doing right now, you got to get creative with it. And I think more people are going to find innovative ways to share what yeah. they're doing and like connect people. And that that's a good idea to do a find someone's got a big yard. Okay, there's X's every six feet. <laughs> Bring right. a blanket. And then, and then safe. My thing is always like because I got a yard here, but it's always like safe access to a restroom. Yeah. So the I have the I can't do that here at my house. Like I have a first floor restroom, but. If I have five, six people over like that, that, you know, the people are touching everything or whatever, yeah. you know? So the place that I can use is, is, um, has like open door access to restrooms that are public, you know, that are, that are, I mean, in a, in a setting like that, and we can sanitize them, we can do it. So it's like, cause people are going to start going to grocery stores or to, um, businesses and things like that. And that, that will always, that, that'll be the same, you know, where yeah. you're, you're using common bathrooms and just using the, the safe techniques that we have to to um to keep everybody safe so you know we won't i definitely won't do anything that would be deemed illegal or against anybody's orders um but i think that there's very safe ways uh to do all this stuff you know definitely and i think the fact that you're thinking there is a positive light and more people gotta be thinking in that direction too how to deal with the changes as opposed to be like yeah can't wait for it to go back because it's gonna be right. small steps you know it's small, yeah. It's going to yeah. be a while, and everything everything will change, you know, for for a long time, for sure. But it'll be okay, you know. For sure, for sure, and it'll get back eventually, the some point of normalcy. Yeah. Was it? Well, that's cool, man. Um, have you tuned in to any of the virtual shows yet? Have you checked those uh, out? I have not. Yeah, I haven't. No? I, oh, I've dude. seen some stuff pop up about them, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's sick. It definitely kind of highlights, you mentioned how special kind of Cleveland and the Northeast Ohio music scene is. I think the fact that that organization exists and yeah. what Gaw's doing to make sure it's musicians who's lost a significant amount of gigs. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think if anything, that highlights how much the scene cares for its members and it, the people involved and like. Yeah. And the it's I played the second one and it's a really really cool experience. It's nev uh, it's weird because like how we were saying like earlier, there's this like mental thing that connects you socially even though you're in the same spot. Now there's just hypothetically more eyes looking, more mics hearing. Yeah. But it's a real magic spot. So you're. Um, like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I know I don't know JP that's playing, but I know um, uh, Claudia. She's Becky Boyd's daughter, and and you know I've known Becky Boyd for a number of years, and I've known her, um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And that and that kind of round in the round uh, format will be nice. You know? Yeah, it'll be really cool. It's a really yeah. Becky Boyd, she's a monster too. She kills. Oh, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, how uh, another a side question? When you do Nashville hustles, how often are you doing that? Because it sounds like you're kind of bouncing a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was going down there several times a year. Um, there was a, a, when I was down there for an Americana Fest, one of my friends, I, I was playing and, and he came up and he was a, he was a booker for um, a couple venues and, and he was like, I love it. Like I'm, I'm, I want to book you here or whatever. And then he paid me money where my friends in Nashville were upset. Like that was how much money I was making, it, but it was a, it was a yeah. corporate sponsor and it was, gotcha. so he had it and he was like, listen, I'm going to do this, like whatever. So I, I booked through him a lot and then he moved to, um, to a big hotel there and the okay. same deal. Like I went down, we took a trio and it was, it was a, a good amount of money and it was a weird venue. Um, That's but cool. it got me down there and playing. And, and for me, like, I'm not, 
I'm not looking to to play uh, the basement east and the in the or the basement and the the uh, you know all the venues down there. Yeah. Like I, I'm not looking to to be to break it in Nashville. My thing is if I can go to Nashville and see my friends and then see some great musicians and then also pay for the trip, boom, yeah. you know, like yeah, I, then I did it. Um, so that was, you know, that's been good. And then I just uh, book stuff on my own hustle along the way in, in Louisville and um, Columbus and some of those cities too. But most of my, mostly in the past couple of years, it's been around Ohio, back to Western New York, um, did a New York City and a Florida run just, you know, through Florida last January was pretty great. Like we went from Tampa down wow. to the Keys and, um, you know, those people are really nice and you, they give you a little bit of money. The tips are really, really good. And then every one of the venues, because they're pretty much, they're, they're venues, but they're not like a beachland. Like they're, yeah. they're more, they're restaurant bars, but they do have stages and built in sound and all the places. And, and I, I played 11 and almost every one of them ended up giving us more money. Like, That's you know, awesome. they, they, because they, I think they just get inundated with so much talent, and then when you get For down sure. there, you're like, "Oh, you can actually do a show." Okay, cool. Well, yeah, they they probably feel guilty about what they were going to pay you, you know. Yeah, yeah. You got, a venue has got to get just destroyed with emails. Oh, you know, like yeah, and the to navigate that and to be like keep it in a business mind and like that's got to be a really hard thing. Um, yeah. A side question, my sea uh, level's done. We've done some weekend warrior dashes, and we would do one every month essentially. And I would I would do some solo gigs. So what I would do is I would try to go by myself, navigate the scene, come back, bring the band, type yeah. deal. And like um, through doing all this, we've met uh, not to downplay our sound people in Cleveland, but every sound person we played with in any other state was like, "Can I get you a water?" <laughs> like they're just like yeah, the nicest yeah. people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know is that have you noticed that trend? Um, well, here's a here's a fun thing about being on the road with Paul Kovac. <laughs> um, Paul in in the '80s. I mean, he, the last time he had a straight job, I'm gonna misquote it was like 1982 or '84 was the last time he he lived in California for a little while and and worked in the in the movie. Uh, uh, business out there and then when he moved back that was it he played music so those guys were hustling and and on the road and doing all that stuff early 90s heavily idle and you know he's played everywhere um so when we roll into a place i usually do the advance i usually make the contact and all yeah. that um but i will use him as because i because i saw it too i saw it a few times when we would go into a place and if the sound guy be having a bad day or whatever, Paul would not have it. I mean, he would just, he would, he would just read this guy, not the right act, but like, he would just say, I don't know what's going on with you, but we're here to play music. And we're, you know, like he yeah. would just lay in. So then I would go, oh, I would man. Like, yeah, I would try and I would try and like massage it. And, and then I just gave up and I was like, all right, well, no, maybe that's the best thing. Just have him go in there. But a hundred percent of the time, Paul would make that person's life better. Like he would, he yeah. would, he would pump them up. You know, he wasn't yeah. there to, to just argue with them. Um, so yeah, I see that. I see that for sure all over. And, That's um, awesome. You got your own. You know, I, it's, I hate, there's nothing I hate more than when you show up and they were hoping that you would cancel, you know, yeah. like you get that yeah. feeling of it. So I don't know, like I, I'll usually always try and, um, you know, meet the, meet the staff and, you know, try and just kind of do that. Um, and it's tough sometimes, you know, cause people are, yeah. they, they deal with a lot of stuff and, um, but for the most part, I've had really good experiences with, with sound guys, and I've learned a lot. Um, my buddy Rich Masaryk owns Vertical Sound here in Cleveland, and um, just hanging out with him and, and being on some projects with him, I've learned so much about what I need in uh, monitor mixes and what I want front of house stuff to sound like. Um, so I, I, it's enough that I can navigate a, an X32 board and... and you know, and not not do it in a way that that sound guy. Though every sound guy should know their board, but if I don't know what the board is, I can at least save things to them that they can give me, as gotcha. opposed to, you know, I mean, it, that was it was always troubling for me because I'd get somewhere and a monitor mix would be so bad, and you don't want to just say to the sound guy like, "Have you ever stood up here? Like, did <laughs> you ever, you know?" Yeah. Um. So now I can I can manage that a little bit better, and and if they don't have a remote rig, like. You know, I've I just in a nice way, like, hey, well, come up here and try this. Maybe I'm not 
maybe yeah. there's something wrong with me. I know there's nothing wrong with me. Like I want yeah. what it is. I'm, you know, uh, and I've had, some, we've had some weird stuff where like there's been effects on vocals in the monitors weird. and they're like, no, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing in there. And the one time in particular, I went on a, a, one of the Behringer boards and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I just, and of course I like went, to these other pages and they had yeah. an effect uh, okay. and, was like, and, I, and so I didn't, I wouldn't, I should have said like, I should, not that I should have yelled yeah. at that, but I was like, Oh, I got, but I said, I was like, Oh, I'm like, am I wrong? I was like, is that on a different scene? Or like, I knew I was right. It was the same yeah, yeah. thing. You know? And he was like, no, that's the, oh, what, why is that in there? You know, and then it was gone. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I, it would have taken us an hour to figure it out. Or we were just at a, you know, it was like, yeah. a, it was a, it was a reverse gate that they had been put oh, on yeah, there. Weird. So yeah, you can't sing with that. I would have just said, no, don't give me any monitors. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so sound guys can be, you know, they're, there's a lot of great, great sound guys, but sometimes they're not sound guys. They're like, they're the, the bus boy that was just like, well, you, you hear stuff, right? Okay. Go in front of this board. You know? <laughs> can you turn the knobs? You can level it. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Right. And yeah. in some places, maybe, maybe that is all they're doing, but yeah, I kind of love that method because you make it more of a team uh, a team build because as yes. playing in a bar, a restaurant, uh, a bar restaurant type deal, or even a venue to some degree, um, it's all a team effort. You're working with everyone there. You're working with Dana, the waiter. You're working with Mark, the bartender, and you're yeah. all a team. And the more you guys can connect what you're doing on stage to what they're doing on their stage... It can be. We're a, just trying to keep them there for one more beer, you yeah. know, or whatever the whatever the thing is. It's, we know I know how I'm getting paid. You know, I know what that <laughs> yeah. that is. I went into one place and the guy had um, the the it wasn't. I mean, he was the sound man, but he wasn't didn't have any training or whatever. And it was a pretty good venue and um, not. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good like barbecue joint and, yeah. and with good speakers and a good system put in and a, and a, and a Behringer like you know X32 rack or something like that. And uh, the game structure was unbelievable. I've never, I've never seen like he had all of the individual channels up in like, you know, I, I think normally it's like uh, I don't know thirty one or something like that is where you put your gain on on you know, or if you're like just on a regular board, you might put it right in the middle like that yeah. that gain on all the way at the top. This thing was three quarters of the way up on every channel. Wow! And then every individual channel was pushed. The faders were pushed beyond zero, beyond infinity, like up 10. Whoa. So everything was blasted all the way up into the power amp that was then feeding the speakers that was turned almost all the way down because it was, the game structure was so overloaded on the, on yeah, the inputs. Yeah. So I reset it all, and, and, it, and I did a sound check before the, the sound guy was late, and I, yeah. I asked permission of the owner, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, because I had the same rig. I set it all up. I got it. It was, it was a band thing. We were doing kind of like a, a honky-tonk band. I got it all set up. The guy comes in, freaks out, and it's oh, all man. been messed up. And I was yeah. like, well, I saved all your settings. I was like, but I want you to know that, like, this is what we're doing. And, and you're, you know, he's like, I got to ride the faders all the time. I was like, you no, don't touch uh, the faders, yeah. please. Don't. Yeah, yeah. So we end up playing. We get about three, four songs in, and he comes up. I ran the monitors out. I did everything. And he comes up, and he's like, do you guys need anything? And, <laughs> and I was like, no. I'm like, everything sounds great. What's it sound like out there? He's like. It's unbelievable. I've never had the system sound so good. He didn't even touch anything. Nice. A couple songs, a couple songs go by, and I'm like feeling good. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. A couple songs go by, and in the middle of one song, howling feedback. Whoa. And I look over, and he's his fingers are in the iPad. Oh no. So, so we end the song, and my buddy that was playing with me, like he saw me. I end the song, and I was like, hey folks, just give us one second. It was like a private event. <laughs> And I just because it was one, and I'm taking my guitar off, and my buddy comes over, he puts his hand on my shoulder, he's like, "Thor, I, I just want to tell you, I don't think I've seen a level of rage." So I don't. And I looked at him, and I was like, "Thank you." And I like, I took a breath because I was ready. Yeah. You know, I was ready to just go over and break the iPad, and like everything yeah. was perfect. I was in the zone. Yeah. And uh, he, I went over, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm like, what?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't. I, this looked weird, so I like, I brought it down a little bit, and I was like, I, I don't know what you're doing." I said, "Let's just leave it." Like, don't, yeah, I don't need yeah. any effects. I don't need anything. Like, just yeah. please leave the thing on the, on the table. And if something goes wrong, just turn the mains down a little bit or something. I don't know what to tell you know. Yeah. And the rest <laughs> of the night was fine, but, um, this was, you know, and then yeah. afterwards, like he would, cause at first he was, he was kind of, he wasn't too happy about me redoing that. And then of course, at the end of the gig, he's asking me all these questions. And I was like, well, Hey, like call my buddy or email my buddy, Rich. Cause 
he'll talk about it all day with you. I can't yeah. really, you know, but I'll tell you what I know. And he was really appreciative after it and, That's awesome. and like sent me a, an email later too. But you know, you don't always have that. People, people get real defensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Rigs, you know? And it's, it's weird because maybe it's like a, as a sound guy, cause I, I've filled, I do sound at this place called negative space and uh, I'm mm-hmm. just a fill in guy. There was a guy who was really running it there. And, um, and he was one of the fader riders. He would, if you backed off the mic, he would turn up the mic. You know oh, I mean? yeah. And like, it's hard as a performer to be like, oh, I'm trying to be, I know it's not perfectly level, but I'm trying to do a thing. Um, but for the most part, he, he got it to sound real good. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like trying to learn. But like, I think a big part of that is feeling like they're contributing and not being, you know what I mean? Like, how do you like, how do you take that position feel like you're giving to it without not doing a lot, you know? And right. Then, Absolutely. So and that's an amazing story because it's a turnaround and the guy appreciated it and he came back and he was learning how to do it. And well, like, it had to make his life yeah, way easier. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, set everything up and then go get a drink and just sit there and, you know, the only, some of the, uh, my friend Tom at the music box, he, he, yeah. he's the sound um, manager or something like that. I forgot what the title is, but it's, <laughs> If you see him run, he works so hard. And then when if I go if I go see something in there, all I see him do if he's got a good act, if he's got a good national act that he's running sound for, because a lot of times they'll bring their own, but yeah. he gets everything set perfectly. I've seen him run a sound check, amazing. And then all he's doing is tapping on the board to set the um, uh, reverb, gotcha. To set the reverb time with different songs or whatever. That's really all he's doing. And, and then he sit there the, the whole time and then he's muting the reverb when the artist is talking in between the songs about the story about the song or whatever, and then yeah. unmuting it. And that's all. And he sits back, but he's very yeah. intently watching and listening. That's the best sound guys that, you know, because we, if you have a good artist that can perform, like I just saw Hayes Carl, he had a, he had his own sound guy, but the guy was doing the exact same thing. He's just sitting, he knows what Hayes Carl is going to sing. Hayes has, uh, total comfort that the guy's going to make him sound good. And then he's natural in his state and they're not adjusting anything. And he's doing those things. He's pulling off the mic. He's playing a little harder, yeah, playing yeah. a little lighter. And it creates that, that dynamic. And the, the sound guy's not just sitting there vaping. He's, he's intently <laughs> doing it, but he's the, you yeah. know, I always think he's such a big part of that. Anytime you see that any of those sound guys, so they should, you know, be take, um, comfort in that, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. And it's it's kind of like with music, the minimum amount of movement when you're playing something, you want the maximum amount of music, right? Yes. Like if you if you can switch from a chord shape from one, uh, I don't know, in the mo- with the least amount of movement, and like same with I guess the sound guy or with anything in any creative endeavor, the less you can do to get the more result, the better the result, I guess. Yes. And like that's awesome. One there was a group I wanted to ask you about, like. Yeah. At the beginning of the interview was the Fat Cats. Or Fat Backs. Fat Backs. Oh. Uh, and that's that was that the group you were playing with when you first kind of came to Cleveland in that no, initial No, um that's a Buffalo that's a Buffalo band okay. that, that um that I was in that was kind of like a, a rock and soul band. Uh, okay. And it was a lot of fun. Uh we would just play some of the the bars and like juke joints around uh Buffalo and and Lockport, New York and in the Rochester and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, I was just playing guitar and I would sing a couple Neil Young covers and yeah. then I wrote some stuff that my buddy Eric that was in that band sang. Um, so I wrote some of the songs too. It was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, we were all in our early twenties and, and, um, I think we released a CD that on our own, uh, you know, with five songs or something like that. But, <laughs> That's yeah. cool. And, uh, did you ever play a uh, Nietzsche's? That's a, yeah, I, yeah. That place is, I've, I've been wanting to put something together there, but I don't know if I do. Like, I just like the idea of Nietzsche and it being a venue. <laughs> like, yeah, they're so, they're so saturated with, with uh, music there too. That yeah. It's, it's really, you can have a real bad night there because no one will show up because they, you know, they have, they have no built in crowd gotcha. unless you have, you have a following people will go there, you know? God, it's just a place where something's always happening. Yeah, and it, it usually, I mean, it usually is packed, but if you're, you know, no, like me, like for my stuff, I do way better at a place like the Sportsman's Tavern up there um, because Nietzsche's, there's not a lot of parking and, and my crowd is not the Uber uh, drivers or uh, yeah. riders, you know? Yeah. So I need, I need a little bit access to parking um, or something like that to kind of get the older folks out, you know? Yeah. 
Well, knowing that's important. Knowing knowing your audience audience as a writer or a musician, and you can address those factors. I think that's incredible. That that yes. shows the amount of work that you've put into what you're doing. Was have you ever played? Um, there's another place called the Art House that looked kind of cool. Uh, in Buffalo. Yeah. It might have not been around when I okay. when I was there. I don't recognize the name. Because it, it looked like a negative space type venue. Oh, um, you know, it's, is it like like Panza or Pont or something like that? I can't I think remember. I've seen it. It's right down in Allentown too. Yeah, I, I think I've I've seen. I haven't played it at all, but I've seen some of my friends have, have played shows there. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's definitely like an art space thing. Yeah. And like the the type the bills they had looked looked like the bills you would see at um, Brothers Lounge, but the venue looked like an art house, which was cool. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Ah, cool, man. Well, hey, dude, I, I really appreciate the time. Absolutely, and, uh, this yeah. was a fun conversation. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think we we appropriately addressed how important sound people are, and yes. <laughs> if anything comes from this podcast, is that we love them and we want the the best for them. Yes, <laughs> um, but Thor Platter, you're playing 8 p.m. Friday virtual shows CLE, and I appreciate your time, man. This was a good talk. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it.